Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook on another Saturday. Gosh, where the week's flying by mid-September. We are officially in fall. You know, all the fall decorations are coming out. Everybody's starting to feel that crisp of the air. You know, sweaters and sweatshirts and long pants again. I love this time of year. You know, I don't want to get rid of the shorts, and I haven't. I even, you know, wouldn't mind a dip in the pool once in a while, you know, a nice little Indian summer day here or there. But that crisp, nice fall air to sleep. And when you get up in the morning, you feel like going and doing something, getting out there and gardening. Let's face it, mums the word, okay? It always is. But fall is a special time when it comes to mums. And, you know, the the field is looking amazing. We've been shipping out a ton of fundraisers. You know, we do a lot of school groups uh, this year and every year. Uh, and we do a bunch of poinsettia fundraisers too. So uh, I'm not sure if we still have space for some more fundraisers, but if you have a nonprofit that you're interested in kind of helping to support and want to do a fundraiser, a plant fundraiser is a great way to go. Uh, you know, we can do them at any time of year. Uh, we can kind of customize things. We also have some that you can just sell online. We build a nice web page for you and, and you can send the links out to people and they can do the ordering on there and then you deliver them. So we have options. So if you're a nonprofit and really have some interest in kind of something a little different, or maybe you're a boosters group or a school group or any group, I guess it really is. If you're looking to fundraise for somebody, uh, you know, that's in need, we might be able to help also. So a lot of different options there. But those cooler temps really make you feel like, you know, you need to kind of think about decorating. And fall to me is always the saying in the garden center industry is fall is for planting. Well, fall is not only for planting, but fall is for decorating. Did you know Halloween is the number one holiday spent on decorations? Now, most people think Christmas, but it's actually Halloween. I mean, that's an amazing thing if you think about it. So, due to the fact that your decorating season is so long, you know, Christmas, you know, you kind of get to Thanksgiving and then boom, Christmas is upon us. You got to put up the decorations, you got to take them down quickly. Now, for fall, I love everything about decorating for fall the corn stalks, the Indian corn, the pumpkins, the gourds. And the nice part is they transition right all the way to Thanksgiving. So if you think about it, we get, you know, eight, ten weeks, you know, it's really a great time to be able to do things. The other thing I love about it is you can always have something for dinner on the front step. You got that squash that's out there, you know, it's sitting on the front step looking pretty. Oh, forgot a vegetable. Run out to the front porch, grab that squash, cook it. So it's a great opportunity. I love that fact. I love squash in the fall. Fall root vegetables to me, beets, carrots, you know, turnip, uh, all those other wonderful root vegetables that are coming in. And speaking of vegetables, my garden. Boy, are we in rough shape. We have gone downhill big time at my house. You know, we've had a bunch of fungal problems on our tomatoes. Great harvest. Foliage looks awful. We didn't have blight, just a lot of black spot and other stuff. But man, have the tomatoes been awesome. So we're kind of wrapping up the tomatoes. Our beans, we have frozen more beans 
than I can even tell you. I mean, pounds upon pound upon pound are carrots. I think they're going to be late. I don't think they're going to really do very well. They haven't really grown. I didn't put as much nitrogen on them as I needed to. I didn't do what I needed to do. I'm the one that really ruined the carrot crop. And my wife hates carrots. So it's all on me. The lucky part is carrots are inexpensive. So you can buy some carrots. But it's not the same as having your own. They just taste different. They're much better. But our beets are looking great. We're getting ready to harvest all of those. And pretty much we're wrapping up, folks. I mean, I'm getting ready to pull everything. Our cucumbers, our zucchini, our squash, our pumpkins, all of that stuff. I had a terrible time with powdery mildew. I lost virtually everything. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we planted a little late. And right in that, that heat and humidity in July and August, I just wasn't out there enough to spray them down with some copper sulfate and get out there and do what I needed to do. And it spread like wildfire. You know, we had all those big thunderstorms and rain and heat and humidity, and just it spread like wildfire, and I pretty much lost the whole patch. Now, it wasn't a huge patch, and certainly, like I said, you know, we've got plenty of squash, but, uh, you know, it's still, there's something to be said about growing that stuff and having it and putting it in that cold storage and having it just be able to go out to the garage and grab one for dinner, and, you know, so I'm going to decorate it with a few more throw a few in the bucket, you know, from work and and uh, enjoy my squash all season long. But fall is a great time, besides decorating, to get some projects done around the yard, okay? So you got to look at that garden. Like I've been saying all along, I say this time and time and time again, look at those spots that are dead at this point, meaning they don't look good. What do I need to add? Great time to add some fall grasses. You know, they're all in plume now in the garden center. Little extra special on them if you have the mobile app this week. And let's talk about the mobile app because there's some awesome coupons on there this week. Uh, you know, if you don't have it, get it. Okay. There's some extra 10% off. So you get 30 or 40 or 50% off. But you got to have the coupon. So check that out. But the ornamental grasses are one that are on special. And speaking of specials, 20 to 50% off. Remember last week I told you that prices were going up? Well, you lost 10% on a lot of stuff. We've still continued to bring in a lot of fresh material. But fall is a great time to plant. But it's also a great time to establish a lawn. And, you know, the t the clock is ticking. You know, let's face it, we need some warm temperatures to seed and get grass seed to germinate. So we're getting towards the end of seeding season. So if you're looking to seed a lawn, take action this weekend. Weather's beautiful. We're going to have some showers periodically. You know, it the temperatures are cooler. I love the fact that every morning I wake, wake up, I take the dogs out, and the lawn's all wet. So it's a good time of year. You know, moisture's in the air. You get that dew that helps with seeding. You know, that moisture every single every single night. So, the other thing is, sod. It's a perfect time to put sod down. So, if you have a, a bare spot and you don't want to deal with seeding or any of that, and it's a small area, or it's a big area, order sod. You know, you have a great opportunity just to instant lawn, you water it for a couple weeks, and you're done. So, a lot of great options when it comes to 
getting your lawn in order. Now, we've talked a lot about crabgrass over the last few weeks. We're done preventing crabgrass at this point for the season. The seed is sown. It's there for next year. There's nothing we can do. Okay? We can kill the mother plant if you want, but that the frost and cold is going to kill that anyway. So it's really not a big concern at this point. But if you put that new seed in there and start watering it, you may find that the crabgrass starts to germinate, which is fine. Not a big deal. We'll deal with it in the spring. But when you're seeding a new lawn, you must, and I repeat, you must use a minimum of five pounds per thousand square feet. Now, you're going to go come into the garden center, including mine, and you're going to look at the bags of seed, and it's going to say 2,300 square feet for seven pounds or whatever. That is an overseeding rate. That is to seed over your existing lawn. Introduce new grass seed. It's not for new lawns. If you want a good lawn and you want it to look really nice, you need to spend the money and put a good grass seed down. A few weeks ago, we talked about contractor mixes, and look at your label, okay? Look at the label and make sure you don't have any annual grass seed in there. What does annual grass seed do? Nothing. You're going to have splotches all over your yard in the spring. You're going to be coming in. We don't sell any annual grass seed, okay? Contractor mixes typically can have anywhere from 25 to 40% annual, which is wonderful, because it comes up really quick, it looks lush and green, looks fabulous, and if you're having a house built right now, and they're going to put the lawn in this fall, my suggestion is ask them to see the seed label, and on top of that, after they've done all the seeding that they're going to do, they've put down the straw, they've maybe hydro-seeded, whatnot, my suggestion is come on in and grab a bag of grass seed anyways and put more seed over the top. It's great insurance, okay? And for the 50 to $80 or 100 bucks, it will save you thousands if it comes in stronger. Thousands. Because think about how much it's going to cost for somebody to come in, rejuvenate that, the heartache and the pain of you trying to splotch in, you know, the spots that don't do well. So grass, I can't say it enough. It is time. Get on the grass seed bandwagon. If you're just going to oversee, great. I overseed my lawn. I take and just put some new seed out. I don't put any mulch over it. The only thing I do is I mow my lawn pretty low, and then I spread the seed, and then I let it grow extra long after that, okay, before I mow again. So I'll probably wait 10 to 12 days before I mow it again uh, because I don't want to suck up the seed. I want it to germinate and and get seed attachment, and then also the grass kind of gives it a little cover to germinate. So enough about grass. It's our number one plant in the world, I think. But it's that time of year. Fall's a great time. The other thing in the fall is mouse magic time, baby. Okay? And, you know, it's funny because we talked about it uh, on our spot with Channel 6 with Cindy Williams. And, again, people have just gone nuts over mouse magic. Now, mouse magic is great. It's made from peppermint oil, completely organic. The thing about it is you need to put it down every month for three or four months, okay? And we hadn't talked about that in the past. Now, is it necessary? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I like to see you start to drive those mice out and not let them get into your house. So September is a good time to start. 
if we're using a repellent, early is better and more often is better, okay? Because we're trying to repel them, so we want to push them out of the house, and then if they try to come back, we need to refresh, okay? Let's face it, we're getting some cold nights. Now, northern Maine's already had close to frost, but as soon as we start getting these cold nights, the mice start migrating to any place warm. Now, even though we're down in the 40s, maybe high 30s periodically, you have to think about it. Those mice are already got in their brain. I got to find a warm place. It's getting cold. Okay, so they're starting to move and migrate into your homes. So think about mouse magic, okay? Really great way to think about repelling those mice. We also got to think about those houseplants and those tropicals that are outside. Okay, and we'll talk more about the houseplants, but let's talk about tropicals. So you have a mandevilla, maybe a hibiscus, uh, all those nice flowering patio pots that we've sold over the years. And you're thinking to yourself, should I or shouldn't I keep them? You know, I don't know. Now's the time to start thinking about getting them in order if you are going to keep them. You know, spray them down, make sure there's no insects on them, maybe prune them back a bit to get them to rejuvenate. Uh, Repotting might be another thing. And those pesky annuals, it's time, folks. It's time to start cleaning up, okay? Don't wait until the last minute. Go pull out the annuals that look bad. Replace them with a few mums or some other things. Or just clean it up and be done. You know, if you want, just clean up the gardens. All those perennials that are looking ratty, daylilies, iris, cut them. Clean it up, spruce it up, maybe put some new mulch or compost down. You know, but now this is the time where the temperatures are great and you can get out there and you can kind of just plug away at it. And the kids are back in school. And pick that hour or two when you have that moment that you can go ahead and start cleaning up. Fall is for a lot of things. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with The Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. News, sports, and weather are all just a tap away on your smartphone. Now, the gardening expertise of Estabrooks is too. With the Estabrooks mobile app for your Apple or Android device, you can earn rewards with each visit, browse thousands of plant photos and descriptions, and get answers to your gardening questions all in one place. Plus, don't miss out on exclusive in-app deals you won't find anywhere else. Visit your mobile marketplace to download the app today. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. We're talking fall. Mid-September. Now is the time, folks. Now is the time. The growing season's coming to an end. It doesn't mean the planting season is, but the growing season is coming to an end. So we still have a number of weeks we can still plant. We've been bringing in fresh material. Things are looking awesome. Sales have been off the charts. I mean, just Everybody's coming in the garden center. The places look awesome. 20 to 50% off. Okay. So there's some good deals there. And the 50% off stuff and the and the deeper discount stuff kind of keeps changing every week. We mark some other things down. We bring some new stuff in. You know, things kind of change. So you can't just go one week and think, oh, I saw all the 50% off stuff. There wasn't anything I liked. Well, 
every single Monday, Tuesday, we we mark some other stuff down. So if you think about it, you know, don't hesitate to come in middle of the week. You may find some things that you might not have seen the weekend before. So just a little tip. But when I get out there and I look around, I'm starting to see all those fall signs. Those fall plants are starting to show their fall color. There's just a little hint of everything. There's still a lot of plants that are nice and green, but I'm starting to see plants turning. You know, that first haze of it's not really bright green. It's not really dark green. It kind of has an off kind of muted color, and bam, two weeks from now, it's going to be absolutely stunning. So fall is a great time to think about pruning, okay? Now, we've got to be cautious. So think about the plants that bloom in the spring. Lilacs. Number one thing, lilacs. Don't prune your lilacs. It's the wrong time of year. They've got all their flower buds for next year. Okay? But think about all those things that bloom like June on. Most of them will not have their flower buds. They'll actually get those in the spring. So things that bloom on new wood, wagelia, you can prune those. Spirea, another one you can prune. Quince, you could prune it, but you'll take some of the flowers. I don't like to prune a lot of things in the fall unless I'm rejuvenating them. I don't like a heavily pruned plant all winter, but there are always exceptions to the rule. Annabelle hydrangeas, okay? Any of your paniculata hydrangeas. So any of those big ones with the bright white flowers like Pinky Winky and Twist and, not Twist and Shout. That's a macrophylla. I almost screwed up there. Uh, but all those paniculatas like PG, um, Quick Fire, Pinky Winky, Limelight. If the weight of those blossoms has kind of taken the plant and they're weeping, go ahead and prune it back. It's okay. Take the weight off. Take those dried flowers, use them for decorating. Put them in a big pot right next to the step. You know, put them in a vase in the house. Put them in a bucket, you know, a decorative bucket in the house. There's a lot of ways you can use some of these seed pods and whatnot for fall also. You also could hold on to them and use them at Christmas time. Spray them with gold spray paint or silver spray paint. Stick them in some of your window boxes. Just an option. But a lot of things about fall that really kind of give you an opportunities. So fall is about leaves, number one. Let's face it, leaf cleanup's coming. But before leaf cleanup, it's about pruning. It's about pruning back all those perennials that don't look good. It's about raking up and pulling all the weeds. It's about pruning back some of those shrubs. Nine bark's a great one. Maybe that nashiki willow that's gone crazy. Prune that. Gets new growth in the spring, no big deal. So some of those things that have overgrown, we've had an unbelievable growing season, we're going to want to prune, okay? But clean up all those beds. Maybe put some new mulch down. Save yourself some time in the spring. Good time of year. Add a couple moms, some cabbage and kale, throw a couple pumpkins in that garden. Oh, didn't even think about pumpkins, did you? Then later on in the in the month, you pull them out and you carve them and bam, you're done. Ah, the only thing I recommend on that situation is if you have a brick or something to get them up off the soil, it's a good idea. 
They just won't, they won't rot. Keep the moisture away from the pumpkin. But I like to add some of those things out in the garden. You know, maybe it's a couple pumpkins, a squash with an ornamental grass. It doesn't just have to be at the step. And you get a lot to add. And of course, maybe something for supper. But think about the houseplants you have on the back deck. We've got to continue to get those clean and get them inside. I would start getting them inside at night. You might put them out during the day. But we're getting kind of cold now. You know, the end is near for all these tender plants. So let's talk about some questions that folks have, have submitted. And you can submit our uh, questions to our website, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. One question here from a customer is, what's the best way to get birds to feed at my bird feeder this winter? Great question. It's planning ahead. I love this. Okay. Now, the first question I'm going to uh, ask you is, what are you doing to attract birds to your yard, period? Is it just the feeder? So we need to look kind of structurally at what you have in your yard. So number one, first thing is, do you have any decent evergreens nearby? Okay, meaning a spruce tree, a fir, a hemlock, uh, maybe it's a dwarf conifer, or maybe it's just a thickly branched crabapple or some other ornamental tree. So we want to look at where the birds can land and then go a short distance to the bird feeder. So structurally, where we put the bird feeder is a big importance. We don't want our bird feeders out in the middle of the yard with nothing around them. Okay? So we want some structure around them within, say, 20, 25 feet is what I usually recommend. Okay? So depending on your yard, you know, you may have stuff that's close enough. I always look at it from a standpoint of where can a bird come to the bird feeder, take some feed, and then go back and actually eat it. Most birds don't sit on the bird feeder and do their eating at the bird feeder. They fly to the bird feeder, they grab some seed, and then they fly off and they do their eating in another location, whether it's back at the nest or it's on some other plant or structure. It may be a railing close by. It could be any type of structure, but if you really look at your bird feeder, the birds don't really do all their feeding right at the feeder. They pick and they go. So that's the first thing. What do we have for structure? Secondly, what do we have for plants in our yard right now that have berries on it? Okay, because late season berries get the birds feeding in your yard. So all those winter birds that are going to stay here all winter you want a food source that's natural also, that you've got them feeding in your yard consistently. So maybe some of the viburnums might be a good option. You might have some winter berry. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that have berries late in the season, choke cherry, black choke cherry. Uh, you know, so look at some of those things. We may need to add a couple more plants to make it a little bit more conducive to birds sticking around. So I always look at the natural forage first. Then we look at the bird feeder. What type of feeder do you have? Do you have multiple types of seed? Do you put suet out? That winter fat's really important. It's time to start thinking about putting that out. Okay? So we get the, them accustomed. The biggest number one thing I always get concerned about is how old is that seed that's in the bird feeder? If you don't have a lot of birds feeding at your feeder, 
it doesn't mean you have to fill it all the way up. Okay? Let me say that again. You don't always have to fill up the bird feeder to get a lot of birds. Okay? If you're not getting the turnover on your seed, why waste it? Keep it in the garage. Keep it nice and dry. Fill the bird feeder halfway. And once you start to see the feeder is being actually devoured and you have to feed it more often, then go ahead and fill up the complete feeder. Bird seeds sitting in with our temperatures in the fall going up and down. You got 65, 75 degrees during the day, 35, 40. Well, you're seeing all that dew on the on the lawn. Well, what do you think is happening inside that bird feeder? The same thing. That moisture is kind of ebb and flowing out of that bird feeder. Well, what do birds hate? Stale, nasty, moldy seed. Moisture is not our friend when it comes to bird feeders. Okay? So think about some of those things also. Okay? Clean your bird feeders. If you're getting ready to add more seed or change your seed. And also, what type of feeders? Do you have some for smaller birds and some for larger birds? You might put them around in a couple different places in the yard. Obviously, a feeder that is more for larger birds, the smaller birds may not feel comfortable going to it because there's a lot more traffic with larger birds. So look at your yard. Maybe you just hang one off a tree. Watch out for those pesky gray woodchucky thingies out there that eat all your seed too. Those lovely squirrels and chipmunks. Oh, chipmunks. So I hope I didn't beat the bird feeder to death, but look at your environment first. That's always the first place you want to look at when you're thinking, how can I attract more birds to my feeders? And also what that environment where you should place those in in relation to the environment. Important. Don't hesitate to ask questions. Give us a uh, an email on our our website, estherbrooksonline.com backslash radio. Here's the next question. What do you use for collecting weeds in your garden, Tom? I always struggle with this. I've got buckets. I've got tarps. I've got all kinds of things. Tell me how you do what you do in your garden to clean up and make sure that you've got everything squared away for this winter. Okay, so what do I do in my yard? Well, it's a little different this year because I have a tractor. And what I will say is I had some great help from my mother-in-law and my wife a couple weeks ago. They were, my, my in-laws were in town and, and we had a wonderful, wonderful weekend, but they spent about five hours cleaning gardens. Now, for a garden center guy, that is awesome. I mean, my wife and my mother-in-law did amazing things. They cleaned up, they cut back, they weeded, they edged, they, awesome. The gardens have never looked better in the fall, looking amazing. So what what did we do this year? Well, we we did a few different things. So there's a couple products we have. Uh, one is tub trucks, and if you haven't heard of these, they're fabulous, fabulous product. They're a heavy rubber tote. I relate them kind of to an LL Bean bag, but a heavy rubber LL Bean bag. They're round. They're not oblong like a LL Bean bag, but they've got big, heavy handles like that, and. They're awesome for just about everything. Having a, a get-together, a cookout, they're great to put sodas and, and ice in. You know, I've got 
We've got some that uh, are clean. We never use. We use them for when people are coming over. They hold water. They hold ice. You know, you put a few beers and some soft drinks and other things in there. Boom. You've got an easy cooler. Don't have to open up a top. Simple, you know. But they're awesome for cleaning, deadheading, working around the garden. They're heavy. They last a long time. They come in three sizes. They come in an array of different colors that are bright, so you can't lose them. And to me, they fit. If you're going to buy something, that's probably the best option. There's a lot of these totes that now are pop-up, and you can compress them down and put them in a bag, and those work well too. I just find that you know anything that has moving parts, you've got the opportunity to break. Okay. So they're canvas, they have, you know, like a spring-loaded, you know, so you compress them down, put them back in the bag for storage, which is great. But I can always find something to put in a tub truck for the winter. And in the spring, I pull it out, I grab all the stuff out of it, and I go out to the garden. They're also great for harvesting vegetables. You know, you can go out, pick a bunch of tomatoes. I like the smaller, medium one for harvesting. I like the larger ones for weeds. So... Tub trucks are great. I also just a regular old pickle bucket. Works great too. If you've got one around, that works great. And a tarp. I can't say enough about the old main state flag. The blue tarp. You know, and I say main state flag because, you know, when you go to certain areas, it's covering the wood pile. It's covering the roof. It's covering, you name it. I buy brown tarps. I don't buy blue tarps because I like brown tarps. They blend, okay? But that's just personal preference. But a tarp is invaluable, you know? I mean, you, you, you have to have tarps around the house, okay? Let's face it, cleaning up all those, all those wonderful leaves that are going to come down can haul a bunch of them all at once. But a tarp is nice because you can set it outside the garden and just throw the weeds out. Throw them, throw them, throw them. You don't have to get too nitpicky. You know, you just throw them out on this big 10 by 12 foot tarp and boom, boom, boom. So a tarp is another real nice thing. When I'm cutting back a lot of product, you know, like perennials and stuff like that, I like a tarp because you can just throw it right down. And last but not least, the tractor. Now, the tractor saves me a lot of time because we take tub trugs and or the buckets or the tarp and we dump it into the bucket and then I can drive it out and dump it into our compost pile. Okay. I can dump it into those areas where I know I'm just going to let it kind of rot away. I've got a big area that I just put all my yard waste. I don't do a lot of composting. I think of it as a compost pile, but I haven't really actively been composting. Now that I have a tractor, I can turn it much more easily. And I think I'll start to kind of do that as I have more yard waste. But being in the house only two two plus years, we haven't got enough yard waste to really bolster and make a compost pile yet. So I hope that answers your questions. What do I use? You know, there's a whole host of other tools, you know, we should think about for fall. And after a break, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these tools. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. Can you feel the change coming? 
leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Mix and match the texture of cabbage and kale or beauty of fall garden mums with other fall favorites and warm your home as the temperature cools. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we've been talking fall. And we were just talking about some of those wonderful tips and, and ways to kind of get all that debris out of your gardens. And, you know, simple things, you know, nothing really new. I mean, the tub trugs are kind of something that's been around a long time, and you might check them out. You know, it's a really, really great tool for the garden. But speaking of tools, let's talk about some of the other things because now is the time before you come to the garden center to take inventory because every year, every year, this happens time and time and time again. Customer comes in, needs new blade for their Felco pruners, buys the blade, puts the blade on, goes back, does pruning. Two hours later, customer comes back in, buys a rake, needs a new rake because the rake he has is worn out or broke because he didn't check to see how the rake was from the year before when he put it away and hasn't used it for a year. Two hours later, customer comes back, buys a broom. Why? Because he was sweeping up, you know, the driveway and broke the broom. (laughs) So my general thought is, Go take a look at your tools. Now, I know a lot of you don't do much gardening in summer. You don't do a lot of outdoor work. You're maybe doing a little bit of weeding, but there's no not a lot of cleanup. You know, you're enjoying summer. You're golfing and you're doing other things. And then when you have to go do a project like divide plants and you go and you use that nice round point shovel and you dig that clump up and you put just a little too much pressure on it and snap. There goes the shovel. So, I always like to kind of let people know, this happens at my house too, okay? Now, I have, over the last few years, I have been purchasing some really nice Spear and Jackson tools. I have been adding some nice, nice new products to my collection that I know are going to last for a long time. Now, it's easy to buy a cheap shovel, okay? It's easy to buy a cheap trowel. It's easy to buy a cheap pair of pruners. What I will tell you is you pay for what you get. Now, let's talk about Felco pruners, okay? Made in Swiss made. Virtually everyone in the garden center and landscape trade uses Felco pruners. $75 to $95 for a pair of pruners. Not cheap. But here's the thing about buying a good set of pruners. You can buy new blades. You can buy new springs. You can buy new grips. You can buy everything you need to maintain them for 20 years. The only thing you can't do is you can't keep track of them. If you lose your tools, then that's a reason why you don't buy Felco pruners. If you are one of those folks that puts them down in the garden and forgets them, But if you spend $90 on 
a pair of pruners. It's kind of like me. I buy pretty good sunglasses. I wear them and I abuse them. But in my line of work, I'm in the sun all the time. It's important to protect my eyes. But when I spend a bunch of money on a pair of sunglasses, I don't leave them anywhere. If I buy cheap sunglasses, I end up leaving them everywhere. It's just something mentally. And it's the same thing with good tools. I always make sure and pick them up after I use them. I put them away. They have their own special place. If I walk by and I notice it's not there, it's like, oh, where did I leave that shovel? It's got a wooden handle. I can't leave it outside. You know, some of those things. So inventorying your tools. Fall's a great time for a new rake, you know, a new shovel. Think about investing for your fall cleanup. In the fall, the spirit of fall cleanup, let's talk a little bit about dividing. Dividing all those lovely plants. So here's a question. I have some daylilies and hosta I want to divide. I'm worried about cutting the clumps. I have not done much for dividing of plants, and my plants are four or five years old. This is the first time I'm dividing. I'm really nervous about cutting the root systems and damaging the plants. Should I be worried or give me some tips on how I can do this successfully? Okay. So let's just talk generally in dividing because it's basically the same for most everything. So you're going to lift the clump, okay? And so what do I mean by that? All right, so you've got this big clump of roots, okay, and you can see where the leaves are coming out of the ground. So the first thing I do is I cut back the whole clump. I take all the foliage away on a hosta or a daylily. I just cut it right down to the ground. What does that do? That gives me a better sight of how big the clump is, and then I go probably four to six inches outside of where the leaves are coming out of the ground, okay? What I do is I actually spade down into the ground all the way around in a nice circle kind of beveled back into the center of the plant, not necessarily straight down. As I'm doing this, I'm kind of prying up just a little bit, okay? This is where that having a good shovel makes, you know, that prying, okay? So we go, I go all the way around, and then once I go all the way around, then I'll go in again, and I'll start to kind of just put some pressure on the shovel to kind of pop the clump. As you go around, you will feel the root system, whether it's still holding on one side of the plant or not. If it is, if you feel that it isn't loosening up, give it a little more pressure and or you may have to spade a couple more times a little bit deeper. Maybe there's a tap root that's just a little bit deeper than you cut in. Get as deep as you possibly can into the soil. Okay, once you've got that clump out of the ground, then the question is how many plants do you want? Okay, I assume these plants being four plus years old, are pretty good size now. So, here's the question. Are you going to give some to your friends? Are you going to plant them all over your yard? What are you going to do? So, dividing can be as simple as cutting a clump in half, cutting it into thirds, maybe quarters. Maybe it's dividing the heck out of it and you're giving it to everybody. I like to see bigger clumps rather than smaller clumps. I think as your yard gets more established and your plants are bigger and more beautiful, cutting them into really small clumps doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I usually divide things in half 
or into thirds. Now, you say, how do you do that? Oh, I'm worried about it. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to ruin this plant. (laughs) If you saw me divide plants, you would probably cringe, okay? Because I take an axe, okay? Some of these clumps are thick. Cost on dailies, it's tough to get through them. I might take a handsaw. I might take a sawzall. The big thing is to get a good section of the center of that plant. You are going to damage the plant. There's no doubt about it. You're going to cut roots. You're going to cut eyes. You're going to make damage happen. It's okay. If you saw how these plants come to us in sawdust in boxes, been sitting in a cooler for months, you're fine. It'll be fine. Just get a major section of the center of that clump that you dug out. Then, reinstalling it, a little bit of compost, a little bit of biotone, some root stimulator, and water, water, water. If you think about new plants that you're putting back in the ground, okay, you've divided them, you've taken away some of that root system, and they're stressed. Water is always the lifeblood here, as we know, and water consistently into the fall. Now, if your plants that you divided dry before winter, you get freezer burn, okay? They don't have the moisture attached to the root, and you can get freezer burn. Now, we don't want to overwater because they don't have any foliage, okay? They don't have a lot of foliage. So, moderate waterings up until the ground freezes. Not heavy, but just moderate. Keep them moist, and you're going to have beautiful plants the next year, okay? So, you know, watering really kind of keeps things balanced. No fertilizer, root stimulator, I think you're going to be just fine. So get out there and just go ahead and rip and tear and do what you got to do and don't be so concerned about damaging the plant as long as you get a nice big piece of that clump. If they're not huge clumps, just in half. That's enough, okay? Another question is, when's the best time to move peonies? Right along the same line of questioning here. Fall is the best time to move peonies, and it's really the only time you should move peonies. They do not move well in the spring, and peonies do not like to be moved, period. Okay, so unless it's absolutely necessary, I usually don't recommend you move peonies. They typically do not need to be divided. They typically do not have an issue, you know, with growing in one spot for 10, 20, 15, 30, whatever years. Peonies are that old-fashioned. They only get better with time. Now, you may have a problem where your peonies aren't blooming. Now, that's a different story. That could be planting depth. It also could be you've been adding mulch and other things over the top, and it's changed the depth. So, fall's a good time. Now you can go ahead and cut those peonies back. If you've been having problems with flowering, you may consider stripping off that mulch off the top of the crown this fall, opening that air back up, finding where those new growth buds are for next year, and then lightly putting a little bit over the top. But what I have found is a lot of customers, when year after year after year, they're putting more mulch and other soils over the top of the crown of of peonies, there will come a time when the peony just says, that's it, I'm not blooming anymore. And a lot of people will think, oh, I need to divide it. It's not blooming anymore. 
most of the time when you, you divide plants, it's because they're going downhill or they're not blooming anymore, okay? So with your perennials, that's a clear-cut sign. If you have daylilies and they're not really doing as well as they, or iris, or, you know, a whole host of things, if they're not blooming, that's probably the reason. If there's a big dead spot in the center of the clump, it's time to divide. But peonies, a lot of times people say, oh, I've got to divide it. It's actually depth, okay? You may just need to raise the clump and kind of pull some of the soil away. So that's another trick with peonies. You may not have to divide it, but you may have to raise the clump a little bit because, you know, we've done a really good job of adding soil, adding compost, adding, adding, adding. We're seeing some problems with it also, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on Newstalk WLOB. Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and stay big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. Another Saturday in September, halfway through September now, pretty much. Ugh. Where is the year gone? The growing season coming to an end, the planting season not so much. Okay, remember that. Remember that saying. Because even though the growing season is getting to an end, the rooting season is perfect. So that's why we're talking about dividing. That's why we say you can continue to plant. We don't care if plants at this point grow. We actually prefer they don't. And along with that is, put the brakes on, no fertilizer. Question after question after question, people coming in, should I fall fertilize? No. Or yes. Maybe no. Oh, yes. It depends on the temperatures. We're way too warm at this time of year. Okay, this is not fall for fertilizing time frame. Fall for fertilizing time frame is more like fall. uh, Maybe it's winter time to fertilize. Fall fertilization really is to promote growth in the spring. We put the fertilizer down. It lays kind of dormant on top of the soil. And as Mother Nature wakes up, it's available to the plants. It has nothing to do with fertilizing plants in the fall. We want the ground to be cold. We want the ground to be almost frozen when we put that down. So think about that. Mid to late October, maybe even into November, depending on the the season. And speaking of winter, this next question kind of hit home. I had a bunch of deer damage last year. When should I think about burlapping my plants or covering them? And how should I think about going about doing that? It's a great question. It's a great time. Because... To me, when we're out there cutting back the gardens and we're out there doing all this cleanup, it's a perfect opportunity to do a couple things. And I know, you know, a few of them you may say, "Ah, I don't want to look at that all fall. But here's an idea. If you're going to burlap your plants, I always recommend you do not put burlap directly onto plants. I do not recommend you do it this early, period. 
But what I do recommend is you might think about putting those wooden stakes in the ground. Okay, and the reason I say that is I always have that customer that comes in and says, how am I going to do this? The ground's frozen. If we do it early and we put those stakes in place and the ground freezes, that is a perfect scenario. I don't like to burlap plants until the ground is frozen. Okay? So when you're doing your final cleanups, you're out there raking up your leaves. When you come to the garden center, put this on your list. Buy wooden stakes. Buy the wooden stakes. Have them in the garage. You don't have to take another trip to the garden center or the hardware store or wherever. But the nice part about that is you have them, okay? You can put them in the ground, and once they're up, put in the burlaps on a breeze. It's a simple, easy project. You can do it in October when the wind's blowing. I wouldn't recommend that, but you have the opportunity to do it at your schedule. I don't like to put the stakes in the ground and the burlap at the same time. Put the stakes in the ground, and then you won't have an issue. The other thing is, think about those teepees or wooden structures or whatever you have. Think about taking a look at those. We had a bad winter last year. Did some of them get damaged? Did the hinges get busted up? Did the heavy snow load you know, crack and break them? Take a look at that before we get to that time frame also. But let's talk deer damage. You know, when should you start thinking about putting up those repellents and, and all of that? We're not too far away. You know, you might think about doing it probably in October. But I would say be vigilant about keeping an eye on your plants. You know, in October, there's still a lot of food out there uh, in the wilderness. And, you know, the grass is still green and, and the deer are feeding, you know, pretty aggressively on other things. But keep your eye on it. Okay, if you start to see any damage, let's ramp it up. I usually say November, December, January, February, March. That's the window. So basically, November to March is the window I always say, whoa, we could be in trouble. Generally, I say first snowstorm. As soon as we get snow, or if it looks like we're going to have snow, okay, the first time they say, oh, we're going to have two or three inches, go out two or three days before and go ahead and put down all your, all your uh, you know, repellents, whether it be repels all or, you know, deer stopper or any of those, get them down. The other thing is you need a warm day. You want it to be a, a, a nice warm day, middle of the day, sunny, warm, so that it att- attaches to the, the plant. So, you know, when is the best time? Earlier rather than later. Okay. It's kind of like that mouse magic thing we talked about earlier, you know, on the show. And last but not least, you know, bulbs. Here's a question. How soon should I purchase bulbs and plant my bulbs? So it's mid-September. Here's my general rule of thumb on bulbs. My suggestion with bulbs is buy them early if you want good selection. If you want a good selection of tulips, if you want a good selection of daffodils, if you want some more obscure, funky varieties, buy the bulbs early. So n- now is a good time. If you're ordering them online, order early, you know, for best results. Get them. Have them ship them to you. Put them in a dry, cool place. Uh, you know, garage probably not great because you got temperature swings. Maybe a cold, dark closet. Then you need to remember to plant them. 
Okay, because I can't tell you how many calls we get every fall. I purchased my bulbs and I put them in the closet and I just went to go put something away and it's December 15th and I forgot to plant them. Can I go out and plant them? It's possible if the ground's thawed out, yes. You can plant them anytime the ground is thawed. But put a note in the phone, put a note on the fridge, mid-October, perfect time. First week of October, fine. Any time in there, root development is what we're going for, okay? So it needs to be cool enough if we have a really warm Indian summer. You know, in October, sometimes can be 65, 70 degrees every day. As long as the night temperatures are in the 40s and consistently cool, I say go for it, okay? Especially your tulips, your daffodils, your bigger bulbs. With your small bulbs, things that are really close to the surface, maybe your grape hyacinths, your muscari, your crocus, plant them a little later because that soil is going to be really warm right in the top inch or two of the soil. And the other thing is... We don't necessarily want to give the rodents more time to dig those up. The deep bulbs, it's cooler down below, okay? So it will be fine. I hope that helps. I hope you get out there. Enjoy your garden. You know, fall is a great time to garden. It's a great time to kind of clean up. It's also a great time to reflect back on the season. So take some moments, you know, when you're working in your garden and reflect on the changes that you might want to make the plans you need to make during the winter, and make a little notebook while you're going along and doing your cleaning, your dividing, and all of that, and make a checklist of things that you need to accomplish for 2015. Get out there, enjoy your garden, and enjoy your Saturday.